0: i Janine, this is KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine, and this is Get the Funk Out. Standing by to join me is Celine Cousteau. We're gonna talk about her documentary, Tribes on the Edge. Welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. So I understand you're calling in from France, and as um, yes, I am. mentioned previously, that uh, you've been there since 2019.
1: Yeah, well, for the past 10 years, we've been
0: back and forth between France and the US. Um, And
1: in uh, September 2019, we came here, we were homeschooling on my uh, nine year old and, um, and then COVID hit and well we, we ended up not traveling as
0: much as we thought we were going to. I feel like it perhaps is a good place to be right now as opposed to being here. It
1: has been pretty nice. I mean, I live in a, a small village, um, so we have quite a bit of liberty and um, there's nature all around. So very quickly we leave and walk up in the hills and just have a sense of freedom. Great. Um, but all of our restaurants and, uh, have been closed. Um, stores are open, but we're social distancing and mask just like everybody else. Sure. So we have a limited semblance of what life was like before, but I feel like for me, it's given me a time to take a step back and, uh, and not travel as much, honestly.
0: Right. Now, I was watching something where when you were a little girl, you used to spend all this time with your grandfather. Uh, what is your first memory of spending time with him and feeling like this was something that would really change your life? I don't know that as a child there was a moment where I
1: knew that it would change my life or how it would impact it. Um, I mean, there are several stories from walking around the Ocean Geographic Museum of Monaco where he was uh, director for 31 years. Um, my first dive with him off of Monaco and what that felt like. And you know, I, I tell people, I said, you know, the way I was taught to dive was very simply like somebody would take their grandchild to the amusement park and say, okay, when you get on the swing, this is how, you know, hold on to the bars, hold on, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and so it was done in such a natural way that it just felt like it was a natural part of my life. And I never considered it really out of the norm until somebody else would bring it up as if it was. Um, A big changing point for me was going to the Amazon when I was about nine, 10 years old. Uh, Flew down there with my grandfather who was doing an expedition and uh, and arrived on Calypso, his ship, and my grandmother was there. And those two weeks really anchored in me my connection to that place.
0: It's incredible. Let's talk about your film. I loved it. Thank it's you. so, the way you um, created it, Celine, it's, it's very educational for people mm. that, I don't have any um, experience with the Amazon. I don't have this knowledge. I love the way it was laid out. What was the process like making this film?
1: It was a long process and it was a very personal one. Um, it, it was intimate because the story was really important to me. Um, But I was asked by the indigenous people of the Javari Territory to tell their story to the world. And when I said yes, I didn't quite know what I was going to do, how far it was going to take me. Um, These are groups of people that I met in 2007 on an expedition with my father. And that kind of solidified my contact with them. Uh, Three years later in 2010 is when they asked me to tell their story and I started filming in 2013. It, um, because they trusted me to tell their story, the process really had to be one of uh, almost treating it like my own story, um, wanting it to be intimate and personal and not wanting to sell the story before I shared it with the world, mm-hmm. which meant that I self-financed some of it. Um, a lot of the financing came from individuals who really believed in the project. It's a nonprofit. Um, and I really wanted to do it justice for them. Um and it's a very difficult story to tell. Uh, the Indigenous people are afraid of disappearing. Yeah. And they asked me to tell the people, um, tell people around the world that they exist and they don't want to die.
0: It's, it's really heartbreaking. And you captured the lives of these people,
1: yeah.
0: whether it's hepatitis, you know, and the roots of where these things are coming from, and then the feeling of weight. Is the government responsible for wiping Mm. us out and wanting to get rid of us for all in the sake of money. Yeah,
1: Yeah. I mean this was something that they had shared with me and um, I I don't profess to be neutral in the story but I certainly want to give space for variations um, of and theories to be told. So one of them that you're alluding to is the conspiracy theory um, that diseases like hepatitis were knowingly planted in the area because if the indigenous people are gone, the land can be exploited. Right now, the indigenous territory is protected to, protected by law, um, but that law is not fall- infallible, and um, a- indigenous rights in Brazil are not being respected as are uh, environmental uh, laws and protection. So it's it's a it's a tenuous situation for them, and they know it. Mm-hmm.
0: I I love the there was a scene. And I'm not going to give so much away, but I love a scene where the scene where the, um, I forget his name, I don't know if his name was given, but he talks about how he watches television and he sees what other people have in the world, but he loves it there. And then yeah. there's a little girl walking in the rain with her metal, uh, you know, bucket on her head.
1: You're oh. describing, it's funny, you're describing one of my favorite parts in terms of just that little moment he says that he says we see your world on television and it's nice but our world here in the forest is better yeah. and that resonates so much with me I'm, I'm glad you bring that up and that you've touched on it um, and that moment where the little girl walks in the rain um, I, I think it just resonates with all of us and when I hear audiences when I'm actually um, in in the room when people are watching the film they react to that scene as well under the rain because it's like you could just imagine
0: your, your own child walking in the rain. Like or that. yourself. You know, when you think about yourself yeah. as a little girl walking in the rain, looking, you know, your feet, the puddles, whatever it is, you know, as when we get older, we have, we have these fears or insecurities, no. messing up my hair, you know, but little, when you're little, it's totally different.
1: And in that scene, I mean, she's just trying to get from one house to another in a big rainstorm. And so the most logical thing is to grab a big pot and put it over your head.
0: Which is hysterical. <laughs> it's hysterical. It's like, like, I know, like she really needed to cover her head and, <laughs> she's, you know, just wearing like Well, onion. the pot
1: covered her whole body. She was so was, tiny and it was so it's big. really
0: <laughs> cute. Um, tell me what it was like to be around uh, these mm. people. Now, it was, is it Beto? Is that his name? Yes. He wanted you to come and do this.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So he's the one that reached out in 2010 um, w- with an email and um, being around them. You know, it depends. There's so many different groups there. So Beto, I consider my little brother now. I mean, he he's we leave each other WhatsApp messages and I check in on him on a regular basis okay. to see how he's doing. He actually lives outside the indigenous territory and it basically is a spokesperson for them at the government and non-governmental level. Looking for partnerships to bring in support, but also speaking for and on behalf of his people and the other tribes. Um, because there are six contacted tribes in the territory. When, when I was filming, there were five, um, and there was a sixth tribe that was in transition of contact. So we were not, um, they're not in the film at all, they're not represented visually. Um, but uh, as you may remember in the film, we talk about the fact that the Javari territory has the largest number of uncontacted people in the entire Amazon concentrated in this one area. Um, going there, I only go to the villages where I'm invited and asked to come in. If they change their mind, we, we, don't, um, we don't push, um, even if it takes a day or two by boat to get to a village to then get turned around because they've changed their minds for whatever reason. Um, and each of the ethnic groups is quite different in, in their way of life, in how they hunt, and then there's a lot of similarities. So you start to see those and realize uh, these are, it's like being in Europe. You're not going to say that people from France are the same as Germans, as the same as Spanish, yet we're European. Mm-hmm. Well, it's the same thing. They're from the Javari, but their, their culture, their languages and their ethnicity is distinct.
0: Sure. And so you, you pick up on all of this, yeah. Yeah. And tell me about your team. You have a very selective group of wonderful people. They're
1: amazing. Yeah. Um, First of all, going into this kind of story and going into the Amazon jungle is not an easy place to function just on a professional level, getting up in the morning and having to work through the day in those conditions. It's hot, it's humid, it's buggy. Um, You know, getting from one place to another is really complicated. Nothing ever fully works. You have to go at the rhythm of nature, which sometimes isn't the rhythm of production. So I really need to know that people who are coming with me can handle that. Sure. And then we also are in circumstances of potential danger. Um, we need to know that nobody's going to panic if something happens. I need to know that they're used to the life and death situations that we may or may not find ourselves in. Mm-hmm. And they are like my extended family. Most of them I had already worked with for a decade. Um, so they were people that, that I knew um, I could trust in the field.
0: I would imagine not panicking is key because like here you were, you run out of gas You've got a gazillion bug bites all over you, you know, just keeping calm and knowing, you know, that you, I think there was a scene where you had um, you said we went here and then it was 15 hour boat trip to get to, you know, our destination. And what if you got there and they said, sorry, we changed our minds. You would just have to Mm -hmm. turn around.
1: Yeah. And everybody needs to keep their wits about them, but also their humor Mm -hmm. because the, the circumstances change. I mean, I'll give an example that's not in the film because I, I hope you know, everybody goes to see it and they can see the circumstances that we actually told stories about. But one example is we left one village. We said goodbye to the people we were filming. We're heading down river. We crossed over on the Peruvian side to get gasoline. And when we get there, what I see is uh, two women with two kids and the younger woman is just like sweating fever. Her two, one of her kids is completely limp and I was like, Oh. You guys all have malaria. And they're like, yeah, but our, our men are out hunting and they, they leave for two weeks. We can't leave. So here is her infant who's maybe eight, nine months old and her other child who's about two years old. And I'm going, we can't we can't just leave you here. So I unloaded a couple of my team members. I said, you wait here. I said, I'm going to take them back up river because the village we had just left had a microscopist who could actually take a blood sample and Um, could determine if they had malaria and he had basic medication. So again, you say, okay, well, we're adding another four hours onto our route. You guys are just going to wait here. We'll be back for you. Be patient. I ran the two women up there with an extra um, tank of, of gas. And then I paid somebody there to then bring them back to their home so that I could go down and, you know, keep going with my team. And it's, it's those little things that, That's not what you think you're there for, but that's what you end up being there for. And if you see those moments, um, everybody just bands together. And my team, they
0: they understand. They know. They know what's important. Well, you switched into we're going to save lives right now. Yeah, that's what we're doing. And that's
1: uh, although a film doesn't directly save lives, um, it it is the intention is to help support the idea that by sharing the story, more people are going to understand. And after all, th- this is exactly what they asked me to do. Um, Beto Marubo's brother, Eliasio Marubo, so Beto from the Marubo tribe and his brother Eliasio left the indigenous territory when they were 16 and 17 by the command of their father, the chief of the village to go learn the white person's world. Eliasio said to me, I, cause I showed them the film in November, 2019. I went back to the Amazon to show the indigenous representatives the film and in the end, I said, you know, I, I just feel like there's so much more that we can do, w- which we are. We're doing educational programs, and we have a, an impacts campaign that we're keeping under wraps for the moment, but that we're going to expand on. And I said, I just don't know that this film's done anything for you. And he looks at me. He goes, Selene. He's like, you will never know. He's like, but your film has saved lives, and you just need to sit with that and accept it.
0: Yeah.
1: And I think in in our in our colonized modern world, we feel like we need to witness cause and effect. We need to feel what's tangible. We'd like to know we're planting a tree we like to see that tree. Yeah. Sometimes what we do is we shift consciousness and we're not quite sure what that looks like. Or we inspire people and they won't tell us because we haven't seen them in six months because they were at the university we spoke to and maybe they changed their major and they're doing something else. Sure. Or maybe this film has saved lives and I have to trust that he knows that and he's telling me not to make me feel good because he has no reason to, but because he knows yeah. so it, you, you have to do everything you can and and know that if your intention is real and authentic there's a repercussion that's positive on the other side
0: well that's a great message for the film that you know if you see something do something yeah you know, let's re as i call it redefining humanity mm. you know I like that it's really important I
1: like that. You know, they have that in the New York City metro. If you see something, say something. Mm -hmm. Um, But if you see something, do something. And, you know, I don't I don't try to convince people to be passionate about my passions. I try to convince people to understand what their passions are and follow through. Right. If you're inspired by a cause, do that, because if it's your if it comes from your heart and your inspiration, you're going to do that every day. Right. As opposed to just buying into somebody else's passion you may support it for a moment, which thank you, we all appreciate it. But in the long run, it's something that has to be continuous.
0: Definitely, yeah, it's amazing. What else would you like people to know about the film?
1: Um, the film is tough, it, but I, I think we shouldn't shy away from what's difficult. And you know, I put myself in front of the camera, not because I wanted to, but because I felt that I could be a conduit for the audience um, to hopefully identify themselves with, with who the story really is about. But the story is about all of us. Um, We are doing an educational campaign. We have a a university partner. So we'll be creating an educational curriculum that will come out hopefully in fall 2021 um, that we'll make available. Uh, We have yet to figure out the distribution, but it will be for non-traditional distribution. Um, Always, always look at the next step because you
0: can. Absolutely. Where can people find out more about you and the film?
1: The film is on tribesontheedge.com.
0: Um, you can uh,
1: rent or buy the film on iTunes and Amazon and other um, SVOD platforms. Um, my website is celinecousteau.com. It's in need of updates, but there's there's the right information there.
0: Do you already have your next trip planned, your next adventure, next project? Are you already doing I have it?
1: the next project. I don't have the next trip. I think in... in uh, what I've learned in the past year is that I can't count on the next trip at the moment, mm-hmm. um, but I am continuing to work in storytelling, but I'm looking at the use of technology, uh, VR, AR and immersive experiences Great. to translate the same kinds of messages, but, but utilizing the technology at hand
0: um, to access people where they are. Amazing. I wanna thank you so much. I've really enjoyed getting to know you and congratulations on your film. Thank you, it's been my pleasure.